Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. God is good, and all the time, amen. Did anybody notice anything strange about the stage this morning? Some strange objects in there? There is a purpose for that, and uh, uh, as soon as I get my cough drop here ready, I, I don't, have I told you the story about why I always have a cough drop? Okay. I won't bother repeating myself then. <laughs> One of my favorite stories in the Bible is found in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, and it is a very familiar story, and I want you, we want to look at that this morning differently than you probably ever, ever looked at this story. And uh, I titled this message, Take a Seat in the Boat. And it's a story of where right after Jesus had fed the 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish, that, that uh, he sent his disciples into this boat. He said, do you get this boat? And he said, go to the other side of the sea because I really need some time alone. And once in a while, we need time alone. Amen? Once in a while, we need to take a moment or two and just go by ourselves and pray and talk to the Lord and refresh ourselves in our spirit. And... <laughs> The reason, the reason I want to bring this message out is because we're, the church is, this church, Temple Baptist Church, is getting ready to make a few changes. Amen? And they, te- they tell me the old adage is to move a piano in a church one inch at a time. In other words, if we wanted to move the piano over here to this side, you just don't do that because everybody's going to say, we can't do that because it's always been over here and how will I know how to tell somebody where I sit because I say I sit on the piano side <laughs> so I'll, as we get ready to make a few changes not only in the building and the the look of the church but in our own lives this is the reason I wanted to bring this message out but anyway we need to spend some time alone with the Lord and and in the middle of the night, well, actually, it was more towards morning because it was in the, it was in the, the fourth watch, which was actually between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And how many of you like to get up at that time? You guys are crazy. That's the best sleeping in the world right there. <laughs> but the, the winds begin to blow and, and, uh, on the Sea of Galilee. Now, I want you to realize that the Sea of Galilee was not what we think of as a sea. It's not that big. The Sea of Galilee is actually just a little bit smaller than Carlisle Lake. And if you've ever been out on Carlisle Lake when the wind began to blow, I'm not, I don't like water, I, I don't like boats and, and all that stuff. I don't ski, I don't hardly swim. I can swim enough to save myself, but if you're drowning, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
We're, we're both not going to drown, and that's what would happen. But <laughs> it, is a, it is a small body of water, and the wind really plays a huge part on bodies of water that small. The waves get really, really uh, big, believe it or not. And, and if you're in a, a small fishing boat or something, it's time to head to shore when the winds start to blow. And this is what was happening. And the, the disciples were out in this boat. And it says boat. It doesn't say ship. It says boat. So that makes it relatively small. <coughs> and as the winds begin to blow, they begin to get afraid. You ever been afraid? You've all been scared, haven't you? Whenever I was a kid, and I don't tell this story very often, but whenever I was a kid, I was in the bathroom one day getting ready to go somewhere, and, I, and, and uh, whenever I opened the door, my dad was standing right there at the door just waiting for me. And as soon as I popped that door open, he said, Oh, like that. It's, oh, it scared me to death. And I hate being scared. And I can imagine what it would be like out on the middle of the sea or the middle of the lake the wind began to blow, and they began to be afraid. And then all of a sudden, they look out there, and they see somebody walking on the water. Walking on water. Can you imagine anybody doing that? Have you tried it? It just doesn't work for us, does it? But it does for God, and it does for Jesus, and Jesus is the one who can walk on the water. Amen? He can do anything that he wants, whenever he wants, and whatever he wants. And he, was, he come out there... And knew that his disciples were afraid. So he went out uh, in, in the middle of the sea, walking out there and saying, Okay, guys, it's okay. Don't be afraid. And our old buddy Peter. I can relate to Peter because he acts a lot like Ray once in a while. Or Ray acts a lot like him once in a while. We usually have our foot in our mouth. And doing something really, really goofy or, or, or crazy. And, but God always forgives us. Amen. And he always says, it's okay. Once in a while, I picture God sitting up on his big throne. You ever do that? Sitting up on this huge throne. And he's looking down on us, and he looks at me, and he goes, Hmm, why? <laughs> Brian knows the feeling. <laughs> but Peter said, if that's you, you command me to come and see you. He didn't say, is it okay if I come and see you? But if that is you, Jesus, out there on the sea, he said, you command me to leave this boat and come out to where you are. And Jesus said, come on. And I have a lot of different thoughts about how Peter got out of the boat. You know, knowing how impulsive he was, I think he was standing there on the edge of the boat and he goes, <laughs> started walking on the water. I think that was one way. One way, but most most uh, most of us Baptists, we would go <clears throat> make sure it was okay before we got out there. But I think Peter, just as impulsive as he was, he just jumped right out of the boat and started walking on that water and thought, "Ooh, this is cool. Nobody else has done this but Jesus." And as he began to look around, the wind began to blow, you know, and they didn't wear blue jeans back then or, or khakis. They wore their, their long roll, uh, gowns, and, and it began to blow a little bit, and he began to think, hmm, maybe this isn't as cool as what I thought. And it began to sink. And Jesus was there. You know, I learned a long time ago 
And a very intelligent person told me, he said, Ray, you said, you know, it's better to try and to fail than never to try at all. And Peter tried and he failed to walk on the water because he began to sink. And he began to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Because he began to look at the worldly situation that he was in. And as he began to look around, he began to have fear and doubt. And that's when we sink, when we have fear and doubt. Knowing that Jesus had just commanded him to walk on the water. Now, have you found it in your Bibles yet? I'm going to move this just a little bit. I want you to focus on verse 33 of that 14th chapter of the book of Matthew. Verse 33 says, and, and I use the New King James Version of the Bible for those who might read it a little differently. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now the important thing in this verse is those who were in the boat. We don't know how many were in that boat. We know that there was at least 11 because all of his disciples were there. We don't know if it was their boat. We don't know if the boat had a crew. But there were at least 11. <laughs> and the disciples were the founding fathers of the church. Amen? The church, the, the, after Jesus uh, died and was resurrected, and then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and, and began to begin to fill the, the people with the Holy Spirit, that was the beginning of the church. That was the beginning of what we now know as, as our houses of worship, and they were, the, they were the, four, the founding fathers of what we now are setting in now and why we come to worship. They are, were the ones who started it. And as I think of that, I think about just how those people were sitting in the boat when Peter jumped out. Did you ever think about it? We have people in our churches today, and the reason you move a piano an inch at a time is because we have never done it that way before. Here at Temple Baptist Church, we just don't do that. We refuse to break our tradition that we have always done. We never sing those kind of songs. We never have revival. We don't do that here at Temple Baptist Church. And I think the first seat in the boat was the guys that said, I will not break tradition. I will not, I will not change and there are certain things that Ray will not change. And one of the things that Ray will not change is his, in his belief that we are saved by Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen? But the tradition became a problem for the disciples. The tradition comes, becomes a problem for the church once in a while because we have never done that before. Believe it or not, this is the first church I've ever been in that took the, the back pews out of the church. Where else is the Baptist going to sit? 
Visitors come in and they can't sit in the back row because we're all taking that place. Amen? So we're not going to do that. That's my seat. Amen? <laughs> Y'all stand up. Now, I want you to go sit somewhere else. How's that feel? It does. Believe it or not, it's harder for me for you to move than what you think because I have certain people that I look at to see if I'm getting through, my message is getting through, and I call them my anchor people. And now I don't know where they're at. <laughs> but we never done it that way. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, I want you to look at this is Jesus. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. I want you to see what Jesus said about it. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the, trend, the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Cardinal sin, right? And he answered, Jesus answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? He said, They were complaining because the disciples didn't wash their hands before they eat. <laughs> I tell you what, when you work out on the farm and you're out riding a tractor all day, sometimes whenever your wife or somebody brings you a bologna sandwich, you don't wash your hands. You just stuck it in your mouth. Amen. <laughs> but Jesus said, why are you not doing the commandment that I gave you because of your tradition? You see, the, tra the commandment that Jesus gave him was to first love God. Amen? Love God supremely with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. And the next one was to love who? Your neighbor or one another. And, and if we're not careful, we, are, we get so involved in church work and I'm going to throw this out there, we get so involved in church work that we forget that we're Christians. And we forget that we, we are to love one another because we have to do this or we have to do that. You see, we have to break a tradition once in a while. Now, the second seat is the one that I kind of like. It's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and 8. The ones who are willing to follow. Now, the Bible doesn't say that when Peter jumped out of the boat, that John and James and all the others jumped up and run over to see if he was, was going to sink or swim. It doesn't tell us what they done. And I, I can imagine that John and James probably, who were in the, the very inner circle, was looking at Peter saying, go, go, go ahead and jump in. See what God can do. And, and became a cheerleader for the ones who said, I want, I want us to do that. And the leader, of, and Peter was the leader, and he said, I, I hope that we will follow him. 
And I think as Brother Ronnie comes on, there's going to be a time where we're going to have to follow him and step out on faith. Amen. And once in a while, we may not see the results, but I'm sure that Brother Ronnie has prayed for it and has, is so concerned about the, the direction of this church, he has a good idea of where God wants us to go. Amen. Are you willing to follow? The Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and 8 says, Remember those who rule over you. In the church, who is the, who is ruling over who is who's ruling over us? First is Jesus, Amen. First is God, and then our pastor. And we need to be willing to follow. It says, "Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow." Considering the outcome of their conduct, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that, that uh, Peter served, the same God, that, the same Jesus that said, come on out, I command you to walk on the water, is telling us, come on out and step out on faith and go somewhere that you've never been before. The same Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, you say, well... Ray, you're talking about change, and then you tell me that Jesus is always the same? What's the deal? How can we change if Jesus and God are always the same? The message has to remain the same, amen? The message of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins has to remain the same. The message that God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, has to remain the same. But the delivery has to be different. Whenever I was saved as a young man... It was not uncommon for the preacher to go around and knock on strangers' doors and tell them about Jesus. Back in the 50s and 60s, I remember one time back in the, in the late 50s, my dad loaded up his trailer behind his car and he didn't have a truck or anything then, and it was full of coal and, and went and delivered it to some people that, who were in need. Nobody needs coal for the house anymore. Amen? Very few people heat with that. What good would it do for him to take you a load of coal now? You see, the delivery has to be different. Now, he may pay for your LP gas bill or help you with your gas bill. See the difference in the delivery? Back in the 50s and 60s, People weren't so shy whenever you walked up to their door and knocked on their door because they probably knew you or knew of you. In 2018, you knock on a door. You better step back when you knock on a door because you don't know how you're going to be received. And it's a lot different world that we live in. Back in the 50s and 60s, your kids could get on their bicycles and ride down two or three miles to the store and get some candy. Today, they can't do that. We live in a different world. And we have to adjust so that we look like our community. So that we are active in our community. Chair number two. Now, there's another chair up here. And it's very important. All of us can't do what the others can do. Some of us old people can't do what the young people do. We can't do a lot of things, but we can exhort and encourage each other. 
Maybe you can't help in VBS. Maybe you can't help as we work on our beautiful building here. Maybe you can't do that. But are you willing and able to encourage those who can? The third seat over here is for our prayer warriors. The ones who hold everything together. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It says, finally, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. We all can't do the same thing. Many of us are talented in different areas. I can't ride a bicycle like Ron can. I don't want to ride the bicycle like Ron does. <laughs> I can't do all the technical stuff back there that they do and, and Brother Rick does in the church. I can't do that. I don't have the ability. I can lay floor. <laughs> with Rick and Brian and then the next day stay on my recliner from jumping up and down but you see we all have to work together and the ones who are willing to work so much we need to encourage them we need to be telling our teachers Sunday school teachers our, our children's church teachers the leaders of the church you're doing a good job we really appreciate it. And we need to encourage one another. So glad you guys bring your kids. So glad that you come and support the church. You see, when we come to church on Sunday morning, it's not just to hear the preacher talk. But it is to encourage and be lifted up by one another. People say, oh, I can serve God at home and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have to go to church. I can watch TV. I'm going to tell you this story, then I'm going to close. Because my cough drop's gone. <laughs> there was an old man, very big supporter of the church. And before too long, he began to miss a Sunday and then he would miss a couple of Sundays. And this is very easy to do once you miss a Sunday to miss again and again and again. And before too long, he was not coming hardly at all. And it was in the wintertime and the, the pastor went over to see him, knocked on his door, and the old man was sitting in his recliner by his fireplace, sitting there trying to keep warm and he went and answered the door and the pastor, he invited the pastor in and they sat down, both of them sat there by the fireplace and the old man says, right off preacher, don't start talking to me about not coming to church. He said, we'll talk about anything but that. He said, just, just leave me alone. The pastor gets up, takes the tongs off of the, off the, the, the hearth there 
and pulls a coal out of the fire and lays it there on the hearth in front of the fire. And they, they visit back and forth, talk about the weather. They talk about uh, all the different things. And they talk for about an hour. And before long, the pastor says, well, I guess I need to get ready to go. He said, I, I've enjoyed the visit. And he walks over with his hands, picks up that piece of coal and puts it back in the fire. The old man looked at him and he said, I get the message. The message was, if you don't stay active in the church you're, and you separate yourself from the fire, you get cold. That's why we need to come together and worship. We need to encourage each other in worship. That's why we need to be here every opportunity that we have. Because even, but I want you to realize, even though that coal got cold, he put it back in the fire and it turned red again. We need to encourage one another. Don't take seat number one in the boat or say, we've never done it that way. Don't do that. Take number two or number three. So we can either encourage one another or we can join in and follow. If we want this church to grow, if we want to reach others that are lost and to use this little window back here behind us more, we have to take seat number two or seat number three. And I encourage you, don't take seat number one. Don't ever say, We've never done it that way before and I'm not going to do that because God wants willing people who will follow, who will pray for each other. And that's what we need to do here at Temple. Brother Gary and the praise team, if you would come. You see, I need you. I need you. You say, well, Ray, you just came here a couple of months ago. In a couple of months, I've learned to love each and every one of you. Wherever I go to preach, I need somebody out there. I tried to preach for a radio station one time. Went in this room with a microphone. It don't work. Because I need to reach people. I need to see people. And as much as I need you, you need one another too. Are you willing to follow are you willing to encourage? Stand with me, please. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.